Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Oh, bittersweet day. You got to go to the treehouse live in on the island, I'll say. And I know Brother Rob said that's it. But who knows, we might be able to cajole him into a special from time to time. We'll see, we'll see. What a week, what a week. Let's keep uh, continuing to pray for our nation. Uh, it's, if, if you've been out of the news, and I'm sure nobody is unaware about the loss of life uh, our country suffered this uh, week in Afghanistan or this past week. Keep praying, keep praying, keep just going before God. Uh, for our leaders, absolutely, keep it up. And of course, you know, that hurricane's blowing in, lots to pray about. Let's not uh, neglect it. Let's just keep praying. Th- this morning, we're gonna talk more about the love of Jesus. We had a good primer from the video. And it brings to a close this series that we have been covering for months. And Brother Rob in the Treehouse video reminded us of how many different of these that we've called life apps that we've covered. It's, they were the words of Jesus That was our main focus, to look at the commands, the instructions of Jesus, and focus on how we might just put them into practice every single day in our lives. Practical application. And we spent a great deal of time uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and we also touched on other areas of Jesus' instructions and commands. We certainly didn't cover every single one, and I will just mention that next Sunday will be somewhat of a postscript. There will be a message next Sunday from Matthew chapter uh, 5 from the Sermon on the Mount. But we'll be taking it into a, a new direction and we'll never be without life application. Regardless of what we call a series or what the message is, there's something from the Word of God that we can put to practice in our life. God's Word is something that we ought to see as applicable to our daily lives. So as we uh, draw this series to a close, we're not gonna stop making application. No, this is not the end of it. But what we are gonna do this morning is uh, take in, uh, I'll say, the essence, the core, the heart of applying in our lives what Jesus taught. And I know you... You saw a little bit of it in the video. Jesus condensed it down to a single statement. And when did he do this? When did he bring this, everything that he taught and that he commanded, when did he bring it down to this single statement? Well, it was the night before he'd be falsely accused, arrested, and then later executed. He knew it was coming. And he had been very direct with that inner circle called the 12 
And he told them, this is coming. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And the closer that day came, Jesus was speaking more plainly about it. Now, think about it. He knows it's coming. It's less than 24 hours away. It's mere hours before he's going to be arrested. If you knew that, what would you be talking about? Would you be talking small talk? Would you be, you know, running down the the latest sports stats? You know, talking about the weather? Probably not. If you knew your end was coming in a few hours, you would likely be saying things that you wanted people to take in and to hold on to. They'd be deep. They'd be meaningful. They would be full of intention. So let's keep that in mind as we consider some of the last words of Jesus this morning and how they strike at the core of living out all that he had asked his followers to do. Now, before we read the scripture, we know that it boils down to one single word, and that word is love. We heard that a little bit in the Treehouse video, and we shouldn't be surprised at that. We really should not be surprised that Jesus would bring it down to love. He portrayed love. He lived it. So it ought not to be surprising to us. But before we read the scripture, I just want to pose a couple of questions to you. Would it be appropriate to put conditions on love? Consider this, this phrase. If you love me, then blank. Then you fill in the blank. Has someone ever said that to you? If you love me, then you will, da-da-da. They put a condition on your love. Now, if we look to the relational experts of the time, they're going to tell us, hey, this is language to avoid. Don't do this. Don't say, if you love me, then. And here's why. You are telling someone, well, they need to change. And that language, if you love me, then you will, well, that's not accepting language. As a matter of fact, it's demanding language. It could even be threatening to someone to say, if you love me, you will. Well, that puts undue pressure on someone. And love does not do that. That's what the experts say. One article I consulted, now this was from an expert therapist and life coach, said this, anything that starts with, if you love me, you would, blank, that is unacceptable, plain, and simple. Whatever follows that phrase is an ultimatum. Keep in mind that this has absolutely nothing to do with love. It's about control. Love has nothing to do with it. The phrase shows a lack of respect, a lack of acceptance, and it is a manipulative technique to get one's way. So the bottom line here is that to say, if you love me, then, it forces a condition. 
And shouldn't love just be unconditional? No conditions. We talk a lot about the love of God. God's love is deep and it's wide and it's vast. It's unbounded love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. What could separate us from the love of God? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation could separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's vast. It's immense. It's huge. The enormity of God's love for us. What about our love for the Lord? When it comes to applying the instructions of Jesus, putting them to practice in our everyday life, the essence doesn't boil down to the immensity of God's love for us, but rather our love for the Lord. Now let's go to the scripture. And just before I read it, very briefly, Jesus is speaking now on his last evening to the 11 because the 12 have now become the 11. Judas Iscariot is on his mission to betray Christ, to conspire with those who would falsely accuse him and have him executed. It's Jesus' last night. Perhaps he has a few hours before that arrest. He's speaking to the 11 about his relationship with his Father. He's speaking about the oneness that he has with the Father. When Jesus says this, and it's John chapter 14, verse 15. One statement. If you love me, keep my commandments. The sentence begins with if. It's a conditional statement. It's an if-then statement. Jesus laid down a, co- a condition on the love of his followers. How could he do that? In the calculus of the modern day experts, the the experts in life coaching and all of that, Jesus just put out a a toxic ultimatum that's going to just bring disaster to the relationship. And the experts would say it had absolutely nothing to do with love. It's all about control. Love's got nothing to do with it. It's lack of respect. It's lack of acceptance. It's manipulation. That's the human perspective. Yet Jesus put down this condition on on love. Well, could it be true? Is it true? Do we really need to pay attention to it? Maybe if we just look through scripture, he only just said this one time and we could just, maybe we can just leave it because it's a one-off. We just need to keep reading. John 14, 15, 16. This is what's called uh, by some Jesus' farewell discourse. It's the last words of Jesus before he's arrested. And if we continue to read these last words, which again, they ought to, they ought to strike, strike us right to the heart because they're words that Jesus really wants his followers to take hold of. 
If we continue to read, we're going to find out it's not the case that he only said this conditional statement one time. No, Jesus went on, John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. John 14, 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. John 15, 10. Here comes the, the condition again. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. So here's Jesus. You know, he's putting it out there. The ones who have my commands and keep them love me. Those who obey my teaching, those are the ones who love me. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in that love. You're my friends if you do what I command. Was he being manipulative, controlling? Is he putting undue pressure on his followers? I don't think so. I would just say hardly. Jesus is expressing something here about love for him and that this love is observable, that there's some evidence to it. I'll say that the biblical word is fruit. There's some fruit of love, and we shouldn't be surprised by the condition. We shouldn't be surprised by the condition that Jesus put down if, if you love me. You're my friends if. Christ throughout his entire ministry, he had been calling people to change. In a word, to repent. Every one of the gospels tells us this from the beginning of his ministry. Jesus went out preaching repentance. And repentance does what? It produces an observable change, evidence, something that is seen. I mentioned Zacchaeus last week. Zacchaeus repented. He made this great declaration before Jesus. I'll pay restitution to anybody that I cheated. I'll pay restitution four times over. I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. This is fruit of repentance. There's an unnamed woman in the scripture. She expressed her repentance by washing the feet of Jesus with her tears, drying his feet with her hair. And then she anointed his feet with perfume. And what did Jesus say about this woman? Her many sins have been forgiven. She was demonstrating repentance. Love is similar. Loving Jesus has demonstrable evidence, fruit. But don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong this morning. I'm not suggesting, I am not promoting that salvation comes by our own effort, by our own work. We don't earn it. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that anyone can brag about. God the Father gave a gift, his son Jesus. And what did Jesus do? That last night he talked about it. He was going to bear our sin on a cross. And he did that. He wholly gave himself to receive the penalty we deserved for sinning against God. And he saved us from that penalty. 
And moreover, God credits us with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's an amazing, an amazing gift. One that could never be earned. That God would credit righteousness of Christ to those who've exercised faith in him. And we can lay claim to the gift of God through faith. And that faith is expressed through what is perceptible and verifiable. It begins with what's called repentance, which is an evident change. Being a Christian, calling yourself Christian, this is not some invisible trait. It's not just some inward idea that never is expressed on the outward. Jesus spent ample time preaching and teaching about the characteristics of those who would say, I'm a follower of Christ. Versus what? Versus those who he called hypocrites. And we've talked at length about it for months, about practically applying the commands and the teaching of Jesus. And now Jesus is saying there is evidence of this. And it's in love. There's, there, there's evidence of the love. If you love me. Our, our word love is huge, isn't it? The, the word in English love, it has broad, broad meaning. It's, it's a full spectrum of ideas. We can use, it, use this word very casually, can't we? Hey, love your shoes. I love your new car. It's wonderful. Casual use of this word love. We can use the word love romantically. Oh, it's, it's, it's about the emotion of the heart. I'm so in love. I'm head over heels in love. And, and there is also demonstrable love. Evident love. This week, reading about all the, the tragic uh, terrorist attack in Afghanistan, I read this quote from a father his name is Mark Schmitz. His 20-year-old son was part of that group of U.S. service members who were killed in Afghanistan last week. And this is what Mark Schmitz said about his son. Pray every day for the soldiers that are putting their lives at risk and doing what they love, which is protecting all of us. Love, demonstrable, evident we might say about uh, Mark's son that he showed the greatest love. He laid down his life. It's active. It's demonstrable. In the New Testament, the Greek has a variety of words that express love, that express the spectrum that English talks about. In, in all the scriptures that I read that used love this morning, it was one of two words. A, a Greek word, uh, agape, which we say agape, or its root word, agapeo, which they both have this connotation of active, demonstrable love, love in action. God so loved the world, John 3, 16, God so agape, God so loved the world. That's love in action. It's evident love. 
What was the evident love? God so loved the world, he gave. It's an action. He gave his son, Jesus. The 11 that were standing there listening to Jesus on that night before he died, they wouldn't have been surprised at all with what Jesus said. That Jesus was speaking love in action. This agape, if you love me, you're going to do something about it. Wouldn't have shocked them. This, this idea of a condition, it's, it's active love, of course. If you love me, you'll do something. You'll act on it. And what action did Jesus express then? Keep my commands. Keep my commands. Now, this is the fruit of it. Bear that fruit. This is the fruit of love for Jesus. Active love it bears this fruit of keeping his commands. And we've talked about them uh, over and over again, about following them, keeping them, how to apply them in our lives. If you haven't heard them all, you can go back and, and review many, all of them. They're, they're on our website. You can, any single one of them. To bear this fruit, to show evidence of love, it's, as a follower of Christ, keeping these commands. And there's an essential to it. A, a necessary attribute for every instruction of the command of Christ. Every single one of them, we could say this is central to it. And, of course, again, we saw this in the video. I reiterate it, and it's obedience. It's obedience. Every single one of the commands of Jesus that we talk about and, and covered, obedience is essential. We might not have said it every single time, but it is an essential. To show the fruit of keeping Christ's commands, one must obey them. You must be obedient. Obedient to all of them. Not just a few, not just to the ones you like, but obedient to all the instructions, the directives, the commands of Jesus all the ones we've covered, all the ones we haven't covered. Obedient to all of them. We can't be just uh, scratching our head and wondering, well, what are the commands of Jesus? We've been talking about them. His commands have been revealed. They've been revealed in his word. Obedience is to the commands that are revealed, of course. The commands of Christ are known to us. He spent a multi-year ministry, revealing them, preaching, teaching. And he taught his commands plainly. Sometimes he used illustrations and stories. He employed all kinds of rhetorical devices. He exemplified them in the way that he lived, the way that he carried himself, the way that he interacted with others. He exemplified his commands in the way that he interacted with his heavenly father. They've been recorded for us in his word. We can't plead ignorance. Oh, Lord, didn't know about that one. But too often, too often, when one is deliberately disobedient, there comes a justification. And then sometimes an appeal to God's grace. Oh, God's gracious. He loves me. God's love is unconditional, one might say. I say his love is boundless. His grace is immense. But it does not give us a license to sin. It does not give us a license to just habitually dis, 
be disobedient to hug him and run off and get more Oreos. Jesus showed compassion and he showed grace to a sinner who had been caught in the very act of the sin. And what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. But then there was a command. Then there was an instruction in the form of a command. Go and sin no more. Now, Jesus isn't demanding sinless perfection. He understands we're far from that. But willful disobedience, continual, it is not the fruit of love. It's not showing love for Jesus. Many have sought me out for counsel. And they're looking for something. Support for their sin. Sometimes that's the case. They're seeking an endorsement, a validation. If you heard Cameron pray this morning, he said, Lord, let's not take your love for granted. Let's not abuse it. We can't do that. We can't, we can't abuse the Lord's love, continue in our sin, disobedient, defiant, habitually, and just say, well, Lord, you love me. How do we love him? See, some have come and they've, they're, they're doing something in their life and seeking this validation. And most often, a case is made this way. I've got a special circumstance. Hey, I've got a special issue. I'm exceptional. Now, how could the Lord disapprove? Don't you see? Don't you see that this is different? It's, it, it really can't be considered disobedience because my situation warrants what I'm doing. And what might the situation be? I'm living with someone who isn't my spouse because. I've left my spouse And I'm taken up with someone else because I broke a contract with my employer because. Well, I'm not going to tell my parents about this because. And the becauses, the becauses begin this justification and it's an explanation of how, you know, really this is, it's, it's a special situation. Jesus loves me, right? He understands. He understands. He gets it. There's a substantiation of this behavior. It's A-OK with Jesus because, well, there's no other way. There's no other way. Don't you see that? And me then, I'm, I'm the hard guy, the bad guy. When I say, well, there is another way. Obedience. If you love me, Keep my commandments. There's 10. There's 10 listed in Exodus 20. Not nine, not eight. We know them. They've been revealed. And God blesses obedience. 
not disobedience. He blesses obedience. Jesus didn't say, keep my commandments, just the easy ones. Hey, follow my instructions, just the ones that you can do. No. If you love me, you will keep them. And sometimes they're not easy. Sometimes they're difficult. Jesus spoke of things like self-denial. He talked about bearing your cross daily. He spoke in exaggerated terms. Now, we're not to do this literally, but he did talk about poking your eye out if it caused you to sin or cutting your hand off if it caused you to sin. In other words, do what you need to do to be obedient. And he taught sincerity, not hypocrisy. Don't do it because you're resentful. Jesus expressed there are difficult, specific situations. He talked about loving your enemies, a specific situation. Pray for those who persecute you, a specific situation. Not easy. Turn the other cheek. Not easy. His commands are not always easy. Sometimes they are difficult to obey. But yes, if you love him, keep them. Another point, a third point on obedience. Jesus gave commands that are always practicable. We can put them into practice. Sunday after Sunday, we've been talking about that. Week after week, we've been talking about putting them into practice. We can practically apply the commands of Jesus. Now, none of us are ever going to make it perfectly. We're never going to be able to apply them with sinless perfection. Yes, from time to time, we'll fail, we'll fall short. And the Lord knows I have. Lord knows I've fallen short from time to time. I have failed. Jesus does understand that. He does understand temptation. He understands our proclivity to fail. But again, this does not give us license to sin. We can't abuse God's grace. Well, God, you're gracious. You'll always forgive me, so I'll just continue in it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Our our human nature will never be able to do it 100% perfect. So what does Jesus do about that? Well, he offered help. He did offer some help. That very night that he was speaking about this, keep my commandments and and, and I've reiterated what he has said. If you love me, you'll keep them. He wants his, his followers to take this in. Whoever has my commands will keep them. Whoever loves me will keep my commands. You, if uh, you keep my commands, you're my friend. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. And intermixed with all of that, that farewell discourse, intermixed with all of it, Jesus made and he repeated a promise. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He was going to come as the Holy Spirit. We sung about the Holy Spirit this morning. The promised Holy Spirit, the advocate, a helper, the spirit of truth, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will remind you, Jesus said, of all my teaching, all my instruction. He will guide you. Obedience 
It's not always by the power of the flesh. It's in humility, the humble Christian seeking more, seeking more of Jesus, seeking reliance on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's not easy. I need your help, Lord. I need your help sometimes when this obedience thing is difficult. And it's the, that humble Christian that's dependent and depending on the, the tender and the gracious Holy Spirit who can say when obedience is difficult, yes, Lord, your grace is sufficient. Yes, Lord, I can do this. I can be obedient through him who gives me strength. For obedience, we can't claim ignorance. We can't say that the commands of Jesus have not been revealed. They're not always easy to keep. Yet his commands are always practicable. And the Holy Spirit can help us. Right obedience to Jesus is the fruit of love for him. It's love in action. It's not just an internal emotion. It isn't casual. It's love in action. It's not defiant. It does not excuse or justify. It does not abuse his love, his grace. It's not questioning. It's not reluctant. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is active, active love. Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 describes love. It's active love. This is love towards the Lord. And we read this often at marriage ceremonies. Perhaps take some time this week to read 1 Corinthians 13 with your eye on Jesus Christ and how you love him. This act of love that's not boastful, it's, it's patient and kind, it's not proud, it's not dishonoring, it's not self-seeking, doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's love that does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. Jesus is the truth. This morning we heard at the open, I am. I am. Jesus said, I am the truth. The living personification, the expression of it. Love him. Love him through applying his commands every single day by humbly and sincerely obeying, even when it's hard, even when you want to justify it, even when you think you're special and, yeah, my situation's different and God's going to understand. Do you love Jesus that way? Will you love Jesus that way? I encourage you all, this, let's show our love for Jesus by being people who follow what he's taught. Even when we don't like it, even when it's difficult, we might not even agree with it. Bust open 1 Corinthians 13. Say, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to love my Jesus this way. Just do what he says. Follow his commands. And man, when it gets tough, just say, 
Lord, you promised the Holy Spirit. Help me. Help me. Will you love him today? Will you love him like that today? As we close this series, let that be what you take away from it. If you've taken nothing away from what we've talked about, about application, that you would apply this. This is the fruit of love that I will bear for my Christ, my Lord, my Savior. I'll be obedient to him. Let's pray as we, as we leave and dismiss. And if you need to make that commitment, if you've never made that commitment to love Jesus today, I encourage you, let's make that commitment. Let's stand and pray as, as we close this service and close this series. And these altars are always open. If, if you need to talk to the Lord, get before him a little bit to say, I, I really do need to make that commitment firmer. Or I'm struggling with something that mm, I've been justifying a little bit. Well, God will show me his grace and his love and I can, I can ride the gray line or I can step over the line because ah, the Lord will take me back. Or maybe there's a habit Maybe there is this hidden habit like the Oreo robber there. You can think about that and you can think about your life and you know, what that little Oreo might be you're running to all the time. Now let's, let's just go before the Lord with that today and ask for his, his help to be lovers of Jesus. Father God, thank you for your word. Simple, straightforward sentence. If you love me, keep my commands. Thank you, Jesus. May it sink into us. You said it before you took nails to your hands and feet for us. Just before that, God, let us take it as serious as you intended it. Lord, may we be lovers of Jesus. May we just show your love, show our love to you by being those obedient servants. God, I, I just pray for any and all here who might be struggling with an instruction, a directive of yours, Lord, that's pulled them in a place in their life. Perhaps it's secret. Nobody knows about it. But they're going there. They're disobedient, and they know it. God, I pray. I pray, Lord. That, that you would convict that heart to a place of repentance, sincere turning, a sincere desire to show I love you. And I'll call on you for your help to put that down, to put it aside, to, to obey you as I should. God, I pray that for every single one here, any and all who are dealing with that. Lord, Help us too if we're in a place to advise someone who's, who's struggling, who's justifying. God, you said you'd remind us with your Holy Spirit. Give us the words of advice and counsel, Christian to Christian, brother to brother, sister to sister, to help those who might be struggling. Lord, to speak the truth in love. God, I just pray, help us all to be obedient followers of Jesus Christ, lovers of Jesus, lovers of Jesus. God, may we leave here with that. 
that we would express our love for you and all we do being obedient. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless your people with it, Lord. Carry them today. God, give us opportunities. Give us opportunities to show you our love. God, I just pray today for all of us there'd be an opportunity to show how we love Jesus, being obedient to what he said to us. Thank you, God. Thank you. Bless us, Lord, now. And Lord, continue to bless our country. Lord, again, we just say bless those who lost loved ones overseas for our country. God, bless them. Please, Lord, please, Lord, bring some peace to the chaos. Help, Lord, our leaders. And God, uh, help those who are fleeing that hurricane. God, any and all who are struggling with anything today, bless them, God, we pray. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.